Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello and welcome to ELFM. This is Red Kite. Well, I've not said that for a while. <laughs> but today I'm joining the studio by Toby. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, we're back. How are you feeling? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right, thank you. So, a bit of an exciting show today. I think yes. it's, it's fair to say it's going to be a little bit different to our usual shows. It's the first show of a new, a new season of this. But also, uh, some of our brilliant next-gen young broadcasters are fresh back from COP26, which is a, a little conference up in Glasgow that's only about, oh, the future of the world. And uh, basically, they've been out going on marches, interviewing people, talking to some of the movers and shakers. Unfortunately, we couldn't book Joe Biden. Um, but it, uh, it's been a very exciting uh, weekend, um, uh, the other weekend for some of them. Um, what are you excited to hear, uh, Geraria, about what's been, what's been going on? What, what, what are you hoping we're going to learn over the next hour or so? I'm just like excited to hear all the stories and the experiences that they like came back. And what about you? Same. Um, we'll be talking to some of our brilliant next gen broadcasters who went over uh, there soon. I think also um, we have lots of. I mean, we have hours. We have reams of content of this that we can we can play out for you. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about Red Kite if they've maybe never heard this before? Oh yeah. So this is a show created by young people for young people. And basically, it's a bit of everything, as you heard in the jingle we just played. Uh, literally everything. All those things in the jingle, uh, for once, are actually included on this show. Um, <laughs> all right, musically, uh, we've always got to play some good music. Uh, yes. Do you fancy introducing this record? Yes. So this is a song that I've literally been loving for months now. It's Heat Waves by Glass Animals. What a tune. Yes. So loving, but now I gotta 
So that was Heat Wave by Glass Animals. Hopefully, we won't be experiencing a heat wave as we combat the global climate crisis. I'm Henry, the broadcasting worker here at Chapel FM Art Centre, and you're listening to Red Kite on East Leeds FM. Uh, we've got Abril in the studio. Hello, Abril. Hello, how are you? Um, <laughs> We've got Saren on tech who's desperately suddenly gone, oh no, Abril was incredibly loud and peaky. Um, and we've got Julio. How are you doing, Julio? I'm doing good, thanks. Oh, excellent stuff. We're also joined by Johan and Stephen. who uh, they, they, they don't have mics, so they're just sort of hovering in the background. Um, also, uh, a big shout out um, to all the rest of the Next Gen group who are out front of ch uh, the Chapel FM at the moment. I'm going to give them all a big wave. And there they are waving back. So they've been creating some amazing pieces about the concept of beginnings. And they're going to read these mm. short stories, spoken word pieces, performances a little bit later on in the show. But for now, we're going to chat about the climate group. So, Abril, you joined our climate group at the beginning of summer. It seems so long ago. What were your first expectations when you joined this this new climate group we're setting up? Well, I obviously, obviously didn't think that I'd be going to Glasgow for the COP26. Mm. But, yeah, it was just I thought it, like, it was good because like, we could get, like, as I said young people learning more about climate change and maybe getting more people older people mm. to learn about it if you get what I mean and I ha and I felt it being good but then now we've gone to Glasgow I'm like oh my god this club has been escalated to way much more <laughs> wow so it, it sort of completely smashed those expectations yeah. um Julia when you know you were did you, when you were told there's the thing called COP26 <laughs> like what was your first expectations of what it might look like up there um honestly I thought it was going to be a lot smaller but I thought also more was going to be done like, I felt like it was just going to be... And also, yeah, I felt like it was just going to be, like, a few countries. Mm. Like, originally, when I heard the name COP26, I thought it was because there were 26 countries coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as we know, there were countries from all over yeah. the world. Um, yeah. And we spoke to people from all over the world, didn't we? But yeah. before we get to that... Um, Abel, what's some of the prep that you think sort of paid off or maybe you wish you'd done sort of in, in preparing to go up? Because we seem to spend weeks and weeks mm. talking about this. What was useful to you in the prep? I think we had enough prep because I think we had the whole idea of that we were going to interview people, we were going to, you know, ask them questions. So we had that idea in our head and we had, you know, when we had our clipboard and we had the questions like the stale by still but what the good the, the like the starter of questions or whatever that you asked so we mm. kind of had the whole plan in our head so i think we were all 
good on like what we were gonna do when we get up there it's like we weren't like oh my god what are we doing we're just in glasgow like are we just gonna ask what's your name like yeah. you know we had a full-on like plan going out um and yeah i think we were actually really like ready and we were planned out for it i don't think we could have done any better because i think we did the best that we could do and i think you were all like totally thrown into it but you were ready mm. to like go for it julio you were sort of documenting the visuals what are some of the sort of you had a, you had a, a camera you were taking mm -hmm. photos yeah. what some of the images that stuck out to you um, probably, I got this one, there's a lot of good photos that I took, there's this one great photo from, like, that, when, on the, would have been first or second day, because, I mean, we'd stayed, like, we got there on Friday, mm. at, like, what, 11, 10, mm. and then on, uh, the Saturday, there was a big protest, so we had to get up super early for that, mm -hmm. we got to the park where we were starting, mm -hmm. when I went up the hill, and you could just see, like, I think it was genuinely, like, hundreds of thousands of people mm -hmm. are gather all gathering in this one park, Mm. And you can just see like how many people were coming there as a community to sort of you know come together and fix this issue of climate change. I think there's a, there was a point when I stopped looking at Google Maps because I could just feel the tide of people flowing into this park. But before that, uh, we we jumped off the train at Glasgow and suddenly we were met with a group of people from the Pan African Climate Justice mm. Group. So, Anabel, you were thrown into that yeah. interview. What was that like? Just going, like, hey, here's some guys going to cop. Like, Let's have a chat. Like I was half asleep. I haven't woken up so early in a long time. And then I was just there. I was just half asleep. And I was walking, all of a sudden, I hear a camera, but it was either you or Tony. And it was like, oh, look, at there's this group of climate activists coming. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I had my coffee, yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, so they were from they were from Africa. I can't, what were they called again? Pan well, they were the Pan-African yeah. Climate Justice. Um, and they were talking, and they were, we met, the, we were interviewed the guy who was like the head of it. And he was talking about how he had, they had, they had their own merch, they had their own mm. hoodies, they were on like masks, they were on like hats or whatever. I could have buy one. They look very fashionable. <laughs> um, uh, they were talking about how, like in certain most African countries, like especially in Nigeria, when like the kids um, and the mothers are going to walk like mm. twelve miles to get water, and it's all been like, like there's none there because mm. it's all been evaporated because of the sun, because of the heat, and they're coming here to like try um, and stop the climate crisis or whatever because Africa is the most like affected mm. during all this because you know. Um, they're kind of like most of the ones are like poverty or whatever. Um, and it was actually really good to meet them there because we they sent us a song as well. So okay. we got we got the details or whatever. And it was actually really good to talk to them. Like it was, and we already started off the day and we already got one set interview because I was thinking, what if we get no one? <laughs> but we got this one. We've got one. <laughs> We've got one. Bag. Well, we're gonna we're gonna listen to that interview now. So uh, Seren, if you want to uh, click play and let's hear this interview with the Pan African Climate Justice Group. How are you? I'm all right, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm happy yeah. too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So tell us, where are you from and what made you come here? Uh, we came, I came from Cameroon in yeah. Africa. Every other person came from Africa and we're here for the conference of the parties. Yeah. And is this your first time ever being in Scotland? No, for me, no. No, okay. No, for me, no. But for most of the people, yeah. for the first time. It's my first time. Yeah. Ah, okay. I've been only to London and, and Oxford. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, how come you came here today? So, sorry? How come you came here today for the climate summit? Well, it is very important for us to be here because, you know, whatever action that, taking, that is taking place here for, uh, as far as way of life is concerned, it's having an impact in where I'm coming from. There are children like you 
who don't go to school where I come from because they are either sick from pollution or they don't have food to eat and they can't go to school and they don't have food and their parents are also sick so the cause of the problem is from here the industrial revolution started in the UK and the industrial revolution is what has caused this problem or great, in a great way caused this problem so we have come here to tell you that as you started the industrial revolution you should also look for a solution to solve this problem because we are, it is hurting would you like to tell your parents that? Yeah. In your government? Yeah. Okay, Fantastic. And what's the name of your organization? Are you all from the, the same Pan African group? Climate Justice Alliance. Pagja. Uh, Pagja. Look for us at the match. We'll be at the head. Well, and if you can well. join us in solidarity, yes. that you can stand with Africa. Because Africa is suffering more from this problem than any other place on earth. That's the continent, the most hard hit. And the polluters, this is the industrialized countries. Their companies don't listen to us. They are creating a problem for us and they don't want to listen to us. Can you set fire on somebody's house and sell them the technology yeah. to put off the fire? Is that moral? Yeah. Can you create a problem for somebody and give them a loan? If you break my house or you destroy my house, do you give me, do you give me money to reconstruct the house or do you give me a loan? on interest to rebuild it. So there is no morality. We need to tell our parents, we need to tell our government that what they are doing is bad. Okay? Yes. Fantastic. One other quick question. Would you, anyone want to suggest a musician from Cameroon, a singer, a musician, who we could play as part of the radio show, who you think maybe embodies some of the spirit of Cameroon culture? Yes, you can play, uh, you can play, uh, let me give you the song. Where is Eugene? Yeah. Eugene. I can send you a song. Yes. Yeah. I can send you a song. Yes. To play on, on climate change, about climate change. A musician from, a young budding musician from Cameroon. Uh, okay. If you give me your, your, yes. your, your WhatsApp. Can you, can you give a, give a, yeah. Yes, I will send it to you. Fantastic. I want to send a, go green. Oh, yeah. Yes, we'll play it in the radio. Go green, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for coming here. And uh, maybe we'll see you at the march later today. So we're from this group, young radio makers from Leeds, so learning how to use radio to get messages like this out to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. radio from Leeds. When I saw you on TV. We met in Glasgow. Yes. So, and Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance, yeah. Have you been involved for a long time, most of you? Yeah. For 14 years. 14 years. Ah, brilliant. Yes. Joanna, do you have a quick question? What? Do you have a question? Oh, no. So. Adonis Linus, Pan African Climate Justice Alliance. We know. Baja, we are here now, resolving climate crisis. We wake up every morning, facing climate changes. Here we get that it is too hard. Let's hook up. Reinforcing all the main points, rebuilding fame new strategies. Oh, yes, we can do it. Oh, yes, if we mean it, it starts with you and me. I know.
That was an artist called Alinus. I think the track is called All Green, and it was sent to us recommended by the Pan-African Climate Justice uh, Alliance. What an absolutely lovely bunch of people. Um, and I'm now joined in the studio by uh, Johan and Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing good. Excellent. Uh, Johan, what did you reckon to that track? Oh, that should be the new climate anthem for us. That should be the the song that unites people in yes. anthemic unity. Brilliant. So let's just talk a little bit about when you know we ended up there at the march, uh, and we sort of covered and started meeting people. Stephen, you sort of you know joined the group a little bit later, and yeah. you were thrown into it. What was your first reactions to arriving at this moment where, as we said, thousands of people from around the world are gathering? Well, well, like. When I first heard that I was coming, I was a bit surprised, but now that I was there, I just realised that it was a big issue, and it's not that surprised. It's like quite surprising that so many people cared about this, even though it wasn't getting talked a lot. And and just to sort of paint a picture of the march, like people go into blocks, don't they, of different groups? Can is there any of those sort of specific blocks that spring out to you, Stephen, that had a, an, a one issue within the larger frame of climate justice? Well, there were these people dressed in koala onesies. <laughs> I would imagine they would be very cold, but they did a good job of standing out. And so why were they dressed as koalas? Well, as you may or may not know, they said Australia was not attending the climate conference. Hmm which is mainly a big thing about climate and it sort of portrayed that Australia didn't think this was a big issue and they were, they said they were also planning to build, I think it was like 10 more coal plants. Wow. Yeah. So so they wanted to dress as koalas, a, a native animal of Australia, to, to sort of stand yeah. out and represent themselves. They and, also said yeah. they were dressed as koalas because a small island in... Australia called Kangaroo Island mm. is home to a lot of koalas and the island is getting smaller because the sea's rising because of climate change and scientists are thinking that the koala might actually become an endangered species. Wow. Um, thank you for bringing that story to us down here on ELFM. It's heartbreaking and sad, but hopefully, you know, let's raise awareness of the koalas via koala onesies. And I suppose the wildfires in Australia that are not helping matters because yeah. the temperature's rising, so it's harder to control these and they're easier yeah. to start. And harder to for koalas to live in trees as well. Yeah. Um, Johan, um, what was some of the the blocks for you, these different people from different groups so i guess there's like a wild wildlife group what were some that stuck out for you uh the young communist league so they were a group of young people who obviously went out and they were guarded by police because they thought that they might get into some violence or just like and they were all covering up their face to hide their identity so like no one would know who they are when they if they got a picture and they and I think some of them like don't want to be on the radio so we wouldn't be able to get an interview with any of them no they were a little bit suspicious of that you know for good reason they never know how we're going to twist their story but they were there on the march they think that you know system change um requires more than just you know building wind farms it requires a massive overhaul and and what were the police doing all the way through this march with them um just following them and then until they got to a point where they just decided we're going to take them off but then uh, it stopped the entire march and mm. there was a chanting, let them march. And it just, and so we just had to take a side alley. Yeah. 
and the snip off the side. Yeah, that's very true. So all these different groups, wildlife groups, um, there were trade union blocks, there were sort of more uh, left-wing groups, there were uh, people from food blocks, there were Scottish independent blocks, but there was one block which I we, we quite enjoyed, which was the cycling block. Johan, do you want to tell us about what happened when the cycling block came um, around? So they all came around, like, clicking their bells. It was really fun. But then there was one bike that had six... It was a six-people circular bike, mm. and they said, oh, do you want to join it? And I just said, yeah. And I just got an interview while I was on the bike. Amazing. You just threw yourself onto there. They were like, come on. We were like, yep, Johan's gone. That's it. He's living on this six-person bike now. How was it? Was Who was steering this bike? Uh, it was a person at the back, so he was just steering it. But everyone's contributing to the pedalling. And what an important metaphor for dealing with climate change. Okay, well, um, we're going to hear that interview now. So this is uh, taken directly whilst uh, cycling six people all together on one bike in the middle of this huge march at COP26. Um, So I'm going to ask you a few questions. So why are you all here? We're here to save the planet (laughs) from uh, capitalism. Um, so, where are you guys from? Uh, I'm from Glasgow. Um, I'm, are you all from Glasgow? No, no. We're from Dumfries in South West oh. Scotland. Alright, um, why, like, what, what do you think, what do you think climate justice is? It's uh, reclaiming space uh, for people on the streets, like with all these bikes. It's about uh, protecting people from damaging chemicals in the atmosphere. It's about saving our forests. It's about saving the biosphere and the ecosystem, and stop uh, stopping the destruction of our green spaces and wildlife and spaces for people by evil profit mongers. Um, if if we manage to hit net zero, what do you think humanity? What what world do you think humanity would be living in? Uh, we'll manage to be able to secure the future for our children and from our children's children and their children. So what a mission to save the planet for generations to come. If we hit net zero, that will greatly help towards that. Um, do you think all of us are in this together? Yes, but some are more in it together than others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah.
So you're listening to Red Kite here at Chapel FM on East Leeds FM. We've been hearing some fascinating stories from the people who went to Glasgow. Now, the people who did not go to Glasgow, but that's okay. They were elsewhere and they've been doing some fabulous writing. So in the studio, we have Shannon. Hello. Hi. We've got Eliana. Hello. Hello. And we've got Sarah. Hello. Hi. And we've got Ellie. Hello. Hello. We've got Peter. Hello. And we've got Callum. Hi. Okay. So, what we um, what we're going to be giving you, our listeners, is a sample of what we've been doing in the first meeting of Next Generation Foundation. Next Genesee is the program we we run for young people in East Leeds. People who want to sample what we do in this wonderful building, the tech. The writing, the music, uh, the broadcasting. And we did some writing, in fact, last night and the week before around the theme of beginnings. So, yeah, would anyone like to explain how we produce the writing we're about to read? Go on, Ellie. Right, so Peter gave us a theme on beginnings and from there sprouted a whole another world of ideas so we had this piece of paper and as a group we came up with a list of things that begin so for example we could have tragedy love we could have school even or even hope etc etc and then from there we thought about the feelings these that this the connotations that came with this such as like fresh new excitement but also at the same time nervous uh, and we also had the word skeptical which was a good one and then from there, we were given a word limit of about 30 words. And individually, we kind of schemed a little bit <laughs> of words in poetry form, which, you know, that's what poetry is all about, just writing down a few things. And then the session after, we refined that a little bit. And here we are. We've got some lovely poems to share. Poems on the theme of beginning. We like our themes here at East Leeds, East Leeds FM. I can't say East Leeds FM anymore. So, uh, well, I think the best thing is to read these out and we might be hearing the re- a recording of the others that aren't here. So, first of all, Ellie, since you started talking, would you like to continue and read your piece? Yeah, thank you. So, mine's on the theme of wondering. So, it begins with wondering. Questions of colours, of red, of yellow, of black, of the sunrise in summer. Rolling hills littered with deer, a city of glass and rust, a story of sounds, born and reborn from the musings of man, heads filled with questions. We ask and ask again. A pause and the wondering begins. Lovely stuff. Awesome. We had some really lovely writing uh, yesterday and it's so lovely to hear it now. So, Saren, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is called It Begins. It begins with a footstep. A single footstep amongst the chaos and confusion of myths and legends. An adventure begins with a footstep. It begins with a voice. A single voice speaking for justice in an unjust world with unjust rules. A revolution begins with a voice. It begins with an unforgiving idea, a single idea that creates bloodshed, violence, hatred and betrayal. A war begins with an idea. It begins with a question, a single question asking for answers, asking about more, more, more. Knowledge begins with a question. It begins with a person, 
Every event, every invention, every tiny beautiful thing begins with a person. What are you going to do? What event will you create? Where will you begin? Where will you begin? That's such a question, isn't it, for uh, Glasgow as well. It sort of ties in with what we were talking about before. What will we do? What will, how will we begin to change things? Brilliant. Eliana, mm-hmm. do you want to get a bit closer to that mic there? Okay, thank you. <coughs> it's called Paradise. It begins with the waves somersaulting onto a salty and sandy shore. A raw water breeze lingers into a refreshing wind and disappears into a beaming horizon. It begins with the glittering rays of a golden sunshine, stretching its hands from from its sweet slumber. Paradise begins on a summer beach. It begins with the whistle of the waves and the sweeping of sand. Nature has be, nature has begun its paradise. Mm, nice stuff. That was slightly different from the one that we recorded. Yeah, I edited it. Edit, I edited it entirely when I was waiting. Lovely. Good. What a great thing to do. I can do that better. So you do another one. Wonderful. Because you made use of the time. Fantastic. Thank you. So Shannon. Um, mine's about the night. It begins with the sun making a beautiful sunset. It begins with street lights flickering on, illuminating the night sky. It begins with the sun waving to the moon. It begins with cars racing down the street. It begins with. Cu- clouds caving in it begins with the sparkling stars brightening brightening the night sky it begins with the moon glistening in the sky it begins with the night no great and another edit because you'd forgotten your piece of paper but you rewrote it again fantastic and callum here is on tech but and callum said to me uh recently he said oh i don't want to do any words but you did a beautiful piece of writing how did you how did you did you like doing it yeah, I really liked doing it, and um, I just really enjoyed it. I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased to hear that, Callum. And also, you said last night. I remember you said, "Oh, I don't want to read," and you read and you recorded it, and it was fantastic. How did you find that? I found it quite fun. Well, that bodes really well for the future of Next Gen and your participation. It was lovely to have your voice in the recordings. We're about to hear now so let's hear these recordings that were recorded only last night fresh off the press it begins with an illuminating sunlight with a new day it begins with Lamborghini, red Ferrari, gold motorbike, and obstacles, weapons. Now the video game is sent out to the world 
for players to enjoy. It begins with the school day which is fresh and new. The air is warm and salty like a package of salt and vinegar crisps. It begins with the school bell going off for break time as you rush outside. It begins with your geography teacher constantly shouting at a student for misbehaving. It begins with you yelling across the classroom. It begins with you doing a one hour detention. It begins with a footstep. A single footstep amongst the chaos and confusion of myths and legends. An adventure begins with a footstep. It begins with a voice. A single voice speaking for justice in an, in, in an unjust world with unjust rules. A revolution begins with a voice. It begins with an unforgiving idea. A single idea that creates bloodshed, violence, hatred and betrayal. I'm currently playing Clash Royale, James is here. Uh, I'm, it's actually it drawing right now, over time, one minute, 34 a seconds, one second, tower out each. I'm about to skeleton army. <gasps> asking about more, oh, more, more. Knowledge begins with a question. It begins with a person. Every event, every invention, every tiny, beautiful thing begins with a person. What are you going to do? What event will you create? Where will you begin? It begins with wondering. Questions of colours. Of red, yellow, black. Of a sunrise in summer. Rolling hills littered with deer. A city of glass and rust. A story of sounds. Born and reborn from the musings of man. Heads filled with questions. We ask. And ask again. A pause. And the wondering begins. It begins with star-shaped shadows. Its glittering reflections hide behind cotton clouds. It begins with a quiet crescent moon, shining its smile to the grasslands below me. It begins with shades of darkness. The blackness clashes into the sky like ocean waves. It begins with the night. Um, it begins with a gleaming sunlight burning your eyes with the sound of the with the sound of gentle birds chirping as a new day begins. It begins with yawning and stretching and hope to go back to sleep. It begins with leaving the bed as the morning creeps in, causing you to be awake. And the alarm buzzing away on a smooth nightstand, calling for you the beginning of the day. It begins with an inflatable landing pad and whispering like angels and devils. It begins with gloomy lights of judgment the beginning of harsh, grating expectations. The dunes on Mars to tread through. It begins with a breakfast and a morning tea. It begins with Vorgons destroying the Earth. It begins with the meaning to life, the universe and everything. It begins with Arthur, Ford, Zephod and Trillian. It begins with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. It begins with witnessing the awful heartbreaking scene. It begins with glaring at a horror film that doesn't end. It begins with receiving the painful news that shatters you. It begins with the whole world swallowing you until you disintegrate. It begins with the world feeling like a stiff pillow. It begins with the atmosphere thickening every other minute. It begins with wishing to restart. The beginning of a tragedy hurts as if your heart has been gorged out at an overwhelming slow pace. It begins with fear, heavy breathing, heart bumping, muffled whimpering. It begins with loud, slow, intimidating footsteps. 
It begins without mercy, pleading, begging, crying, footsteps getting louder, as well as the heart rate. There they were, the stained white trainers pointing towards, pointing towards her. Silence, the gun cocks, her breathing shakes, trembles, bang. Blood everywhere, a deep voice laughing manically. It ends with an increasing bright light. It ends with sirens. It ends with death and loneliness. It begins with street lights flicker, flickering on as the sun goes to say bye for a few more hours. It begins with cars racing down the road to get home for tea. It begins with people going home for a day out. It begins with the moon waving at the sun. It begins with the night. It begins with marriage, then goes to divorce. It begins with life, then goes to death. Life is like leaves growing on trees in a forest. They fall. Hello and welcome back and uh, I'm here now, me, Henry, Abril and the Tech and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, my experience of when we went to COP26, so shall I just start? Yeah. Uh, wanna... I, I want to give a shout out that this is James, dear oh, listeners. Sorry, I never <laughs> said that, so sorry, I'm James. First time, yeah. we've, first time he's appeared yeah. on uh, this edition of Red Kite, okay. though a veteran of many other yes. episodes. So yeah, tell us about your experience of Red so, Kite, James. Uh, Red Kite. Cop twenty six. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's well. right. There we go. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, starting off, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll actually go back a little bit to the start of the climate group. I'm fully honest. I didn't really know much about it, and I kind of came to learn and just get involved really as much with it as much as possible. So like throughout this whole time, we've like watched clips, we've learned, we've interviewed people, we've gone touch many people, and I've learned throughout this, you know, the effects, what's happening, what's not being done. And going there has helped me even more understand the rate and the, the people being affected, which is what I actually asked was a question was, you know, has climate change affected you personally? And everyone had said, you know, I said a family as well. Everyone had said yes. I think they'd known someone who's been affected badly by it, you know, whether it's family in different countries, whether it's uh, floods in the, the town. So, yeah, uh, that's one thing I did. But the thing that I took away from COP26 altogether was when we was, um, I think me... Henry, Mimi, and Stephen went to watch a, a a talk with someone from was it Vietnam. So the, uh, yeah, so it was a a documentary of loads of different people from oh, yeah, I guess what you consider the global south. So uh, lots of island nations, someone from Vietnam, people from Morocco, the places at the front lines of the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the actual document, it was, they said it was a film. It was more like a documentary, really, wasn't it? It was talking about like um, the effects of things. It, um, it actually showed us the ways in like, I think it was Morocco. Mm. I found that really interesting how they use these weird sheet things to collect the clouds to turn that into water. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the, the fogs at the very the top fog, of, because um, they were saying, you know, you can now, you know, these people have lived there for thousands of years in nomadic life and their way of life is changing because, uh, the the waters are drying up it's harder and harder and they said you know you can get a drill to drill for water it's expensive if you can afford it so you know it's about it's a class crisis as much as a climate one i would have never known about that if Mm. i didn't go to that which is what i'm i'm very happy i did Uh, yeah i learned a lot especially from that that video you know you got to see all around the world Mm. i can't remember there was something about vietnam as well wasn't there do you remember that one so they were saying that because Vietnam's the, the state's quite authoritarian. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to criticize 
the state. So the way that this group have been doing it is by making these really beautiful murals, which ah. is this accessible way of trying to talk about climate change um, and talk about its effects in a really positive, upbeat light because we all have to adapt to the circumstances that we're, we're faced with how we deal with this issue. And after the, the, we watched that video, uh, that woman was talking. Uh, I don't, was, she, was it Vietnam she was from? Did she say she was? Oh, from I think she the, was originally from Malaysia. Malaysia, um, she was yeah. from one of them countries, yeah, around that area. And um, then there was this guy sat next to her, wasn't there? And this is the bit that I've took away from that. I don't think I'll ever forget this. It was like, you know, everyone talks about climate change, how it affects them, and uh, but this is where I kind of really thought, wow, that's kind of a, a big thing. Mm. So he was from Tuvalu, mm -hmm. I believe it's called. He mentioned it's got a population of 11,000 and it's shrinking each year, like quite a lot. And uh, he started by talking normally and he said that he gets emotional when he starts talking about, you know, the place and how it's getting smaller. And he started crying and it kind of like, kind of then at that point I realised how bad the situation mm. really is for him. Like, you know, you imagine, we we're, we're, we're look where we live, right in the mm. middle of the country. Imagine you live right on the coast, you get told like, you might be gone in a year's time. You might have to move whole country and mm. you might, that country you've lived in might not even exist in a couple of years time because of that, um, which is quite, it's quite sad. And did you say it kind of got to you as well a little bit? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was really emotional during the, yeah. the documentary itself, but that moment, that, I know, I, I mean, I, really, I don't yeah. know what you can do to help this, this guy. I mean, there was a, it was part of the, the, the movement. He was um, speaking about how, um, to make ecocide uh, a crime in the Hague, so alongside mm -hmm. crimes against humanity, I think they, genocide. They said, what was the what was the one? Was um, I'm trying to think of all the names. Do you remember so, the names? There was... So there was was crimes against humanity, yeah. war crimes, genocide, crimes of aggression or acts of aggression, yeah. and they want to add ecocide to that it. To the, yeah. And and the fact they're trying to encourage all these tiny nation states that have been so affected by it because their vote in the Hague it to make this a crime you know I mean? would be yeah. the equivalent of China, America, mm -hmm. Britain. So yeah, very powerful and emotional and, and yeah, good. this 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 guy and and something that I as well took away was, you know, someone asked, you've been to the conference, you've been to COP twenty six, you've trying to be speaking to delegates and, and representatives and what do you think? And he and he was choked and he and he struggled with his words. He really did, went, yeah. Do you it remember was... what he, he sort of shrugged and said? The the one thing actually I yeah. th I, I before he started crying the words he said was they don't care. Yeah. And it was like very simple but it can I kinda wish like the, the people who've actually come here for the actual mm -hmm. conference could have seen that and I hope so it's like recorded somewhere so they can see that in the future because like if I was one of them that would touch me quite a lot and I'd want to do something. But like it was like the way he, he didn't speak much because he said his English isn't very good. But then all of a sudden he said, um, they don't care. And then he started crying. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you felt like you wanted to go, you're all right. But it was, you know, uh, um, Abel's just uh, looked at some stats. Apparently the science says that uh, at this rate by 2052, Vili will be underwater. But yeah. we're going to do all we can to try and, yeah, spread this Hopefully. message and talk about it. So we're going to play an interview now. Um uh, someone that we met at that at the venue we went to. Um, uh, it's a, uh, a theatre director by the name of Zoe Lafferty um, who's travelled all around the world. Uh, James is going to read a little bit of her bio before we go into the interview. So I'll talk about, we as we finished that, um, watch that documentary, we were leaving and we were going to meet Zoe because she was in the same building because we were going to go to a, a different event but it was full as well. Uh, so we were waiting for Zoe then and we there was the last interview we did of Glasgow, I think. So... Um, but yeah, she, it's, uh, it says here, I am a director, theatre maker, writer, creative producer, activist and dramaturge. My work sits on the front line of social political change, 
putting unheard narratives focused on injustice and equality onto mainstream stages worldwide, including the Young Vic in London. And um, I, I remember this thing she said. She's worked with people from all around the world. Was it Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. And there was another place. She's worked in Palestine. Palestine, York, which yeah. I think that's quite good to you know get out there on the front lines and actually do things there. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Amazing. Okay, well, here's, here's, now, yeah. here's our chat. Why is theatre and arts linked to climate change and why do you think it's effective? Oh, I think this is an epic question and we can be here for hours. I think on an individual basis, um, I think that the COP26 uh, is really terrifying. I think that there's a lot of uh, disproportionate power um, held by people who don't necessarily have drive or interest to do anything to um, stop the climate crisis actually from continuing because it is very much happening and also like the multiple layers of system change i think they don't even know what that is let alone have a will to to make those changes so i suppose as an artist i feel that there's a responsibility to be here um, and use all of the multiple different skill sets that I think you often acquire as a theatre person um, and just see where that, that can be of use. Sometimes that's doing workshops, sometimes maybe that's doing a talk, sometimes that's holding people's bags while they do something. Um, and then I think more, uh, for me, the more exciting part is really the area of direct action and how you can use... Um, especially, um, you know, big props and costume and performance to really um, highlight key messages that aren't necessarily being heard in the the mainstream cop. And that's often stuffed around climate justice, um, uh, racial discrimination, patriarchy, capitalism, all of these areas. Um, And sort of help to visualise those messages and, you know, get get them a bit more uh, attention. So I think that's sort of the skill set that... theatre might might bring to that um yeah maybe okay so that in my opinion that was a really good answer answer, but um this this next question i've got is obviously the most important question of them all (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're gonna ask but i want to ask one quick one before that when we agree so so just so you've been here all week and you've been i've just been following your your twitter seems to be this like alternate (laughs) version is there a highlight of this week that stands out for you maybe from a sort of visual artistic sense of if, if there was an audience watching this that you were like, this is something to take away from this Okay, week. I got two answers to that. Number one, I'm going to, you know, the action that we were working on, well, the team I was working with, uh, we made a huge uh, Loch Ness monster. It was about 40 foot long, uh, created and designed by a prop and set maker called Phil Ball. Um, and the idea was to launch that into um, actually an offset of the River Clyde, not the main river. Uh, I was meant to go in in a dry suit and hold up certain mm-hmm. banners. Uh, and that was really talking about, um, yeah, let's say to be, sum it up quickly, climate justice. Um, we got dawn raided by 40 police. Um, and they shouted, step away from the monster. Um, And that was very frustrating, uh, but actually brought a lot of attention. 
actually to the message behind the action, mm -hmm. which was kind of rare because sometimes I think the media focus on the police aspect and forget that we're not here just having a jolly, we're here to actually like speak about certain things. Mm -hmm. So I think that was my first highlight. My second highlight was actually as an observer and that was yesterday on the youth march. I know really actually nothing about their group or the, the ideas behind it, but there was a young group of people, I think it's called uh, the Youth Communist League. Yep. Um, and as I said, I not, don't know anything about them, but we, it was... I tried to interview them, they don't start to journalists. Oh no. Did well, you speak to someone from the uh, group? I tried to. You couldn't do it with a microphone, you'd have to put the microphone down. <laughs> right, well, yeah, and I think just seeing young people um, on the streets, uh, you know, passionately engaged in climate crisis and really uh, quite disturbing how much uh, police aggression was towards them. Um, but they, you know, they, they stood there, they continued to participate um, and hopefully, you know, solidarity from other people helped to make that experience a little bit easier. But I have to say, watching young people standing up for what they believe against really aggressive policing was um, a very inspiring moment as an observer. Nice one. And okay. maybe fire off. That's my question. Like I said, most important question of them all. If there was one song that you'd want us to play, what would it be? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You know what? I just have. I'm like a disaster in music. Should we give though? Okay, let's go. Because I, as I think Henry might know, I spent years working in Palestine. So let's go for a 47 soul song. That was 47th Soul by, it was, it was called Intro to Shams Step, but it was chosen by the theatre director Zoe Lafferty up at COP26 in Glasgow. I'm back in the studio, back in Studio One with this wonderful group of people, the writers who we heard earlier, Shannon, Eliana, Saren, Ellie and Callum. So, and I'm Peter. So we're going to be talking about music that we like and... Uh, we had a little discussion earlier about one song that we we could select together to be played this evening, and we did actually select one. But first of all, Eliana, what what was your choice of song earlier on? What would you have played? Me earlier, I think the song that 
I would have chosen earlier would be a dance monkey because it's mostly like a very upbeat song. It's a love song and it just makes it maybe a little bit happier. Wonderful. Because we were talking last night, weren't we, about how some songs uh, make us feel different things like happy or energised or sometimes a bit nostalgic, a bit wistful. So, uh, yeah, that's that was that was your choice. Saren, did you have a choice? Yeah, I would have chosen Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Um, I just really connect with it for like the introduction and music level. I just really love it. Oh, okay. And when you suggested it, everybody went, oh, no, not having that one. But that was you. It, doesn't, it shouldn't put you off because <laughs> it's all about suggestion and the power of suggestion. Okay, what about you then, Ellie? Um, I would have gone with Decepticon by La Tigre. Well, at least I think that's how you pronounce it anyway. Yeah. Um, I would have chosen that one because it is, again, a very upbeat song. And it's just kind of you can put your headphones on and go... Well, I'm an emotional mess. This song's a bit of a crazy one as well. So, there you go. <laughs> it would echo your emotional it mess. It would, it would, and it would yeah. sort you out a bit. Yeah, as well. Fantastic. Callum, what about you? I'd have chosen I'm a Good Person. And who's that by? Um, I don't know who it's by, but it's a really good p- song. Yeah. Um, and another song related to that is... Life is fun. Yeah. And I don't know who that's by either. Oh, it doesn't matter who it's by, but why do you like that one? Um, because it, like, says, like, good things yeah. about the life. Good things about life. Well, that's, that's a very good reason to choose a song. That's a good reason to write a song, I would reckon, to say good things about life. But the one we did choose was from Shannon. So, Shannon, what, what, what song is it and why did you choose it? Um, the song we chose is Believer because it just gives us courage. Like, if we're feeling down or we've been put down by somebody or something has happened to us, um, if you listen to that song, it just makes you a bit happier and a bit braver. Wonderful. And here at the radio, we can play songs for people. We are we can, we can choose what we like and we can decide to play what we want in order to match certain moods. Before we hear the song and James, is, his fingers are twitching on the buttons there um, I'm going to ask you if you want to say hello to anybody out there listening so Shannon, do you want to go first? Um. Anybody at all? <laughs> no <laughs> No, it doesn't matter. Well, I'll tell you, do, do you want us to come back to you? Yeah. yeah, have a bit of a think while we go around. Eliana, what about you? I would like to shout out to my year six, my previous year six teacher. Are you there, Miss McAndrew? Yes, here I am. Oh, <laughs> I, I miss you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'd be very touched to hear that. Let's hope she does listen. You must tell her about the broadcast and uh, to listen again. Yeah, Sarah, how about you? Um, just a big shout out to my friend Summer who's singing tonight at the Crossgates Light Switch On. Good luck, I'm sure you'll do amazing. Where's she singing? Crossgates Light Switch On. Oh, wow, that's a gig. Yeah. Fantastic, great. Okay, Ellie, what about you? Uh, my granddad always wanted to shout on the radio, so there you go. You said when you're famous, you can shout. Yeah, on the when radio. you're famous. You're famous now. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Uh, and Callum, what about you? I'd like to shout out to my mum because she's not listening at the radio station, but she is listening at home. Fantastic. OK, well, and me, I'd like to shout out for Laurie and Owen. They're my two lads, and I'm, they're probably not listening. They're probably doing something else, but maybe they'll listen again. So 
in the meantime, we have the Shannon Choice, which is Believer by Imagine Dragons.
You're listening to Red Kite on East Leeds FM. My name's Toby. It's good to be back on. Uh, joining me as well, we've got James. Hello, everyone. Uh, we've got Izzy. Hello. Uh, we've got Juraria. Hello. We've got Johan. Hello. And who have we got over there? Abril, hello. Abril. <laughs> this is Toby. I'm, I'm Honestly, I'm notoriously terrible with names, always. It's never going to change. I'm very sorry. Um... Okay, so this is part of a, a new feature uh, on this show that we're going to bring to this new, bigger, better red kite. As well as the climate crisis and the uh, the looming end of the world, uh, we also want to have a bit of a laugh. Uh, and, and in that spirit, we wanted to uh, bring to you the red kite roundtable. Now, the red kite roundtable is where we basically, we all sit around the table, we have a chat. Today's game is, is it just me? So we go around the table with things a little bit, strange that we like or do family friendly of course and uh we say is it just me and uh, we judge each other um does anyone want to volunteer uh johan's got one all right johan take it away my dude um so you gotta, is, you gotta start with is, is it just me or do i download those ads the, those games on ads that are so bad and then you're just like, I'm just going to download that. Oh, you mean when you see one of those ads for one of those really terrible games, you actually download the game? Yes. Uh, and then you delete it like a second afterwards. Yes. <laughs> James wants to come in on that. So, yeah, usually I see them after, like, Snapchat stories. Uh, I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I do. I, I kind of laugh at them a little bit thinking because the way they get you to download the game is... They play it really bad. Uh, if you notice, they always fail on the ads. <laughs> yeah. And that's to make you think, oh, I can do better than that. And you download Is that what you do? You download it and think you can do better? No, I just download it because I'm like, I get this ad too much. I'm just going to download it. So that's why you download it. So you fall for it, do you? you fall no, for it, you I just fall. download it because I see it so much. Yeah, just because why not? Just because yeah. yeah. Johan's been taken in by multi-tier <laughs> marketing. He, uh, he has some uh, some some high-level uh, Illuminati <coughs> products to sell to you after the show. Uh, does anyone else want to come in on this? Uh, oh, okay. We'll go over there. We'll go over there. Who we got? Um, oh, sorry, me. I've got... Um, is it just me? Or do, 
that you just say that you're gonna watch like a TV program or movie, but then when it gets round to watching it, you just like, nope, can't be bothered. Then just end up scrolling through TikTok or yeah. other social media. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. So you you start it and then you can't be bothered to finish it. No, you so you just say you're gonna start it and then I tell you both. Sometimes I'm like halfway through and I'm like, oh my god, I just cannot be bothered to watch this. Like I started a movie a while ago called Hush. I don't know if you've even heard of it, and I've just like I've not finished it. I need to finish it. Uh, is that the one uh, where, like, is she a, uh, the, is she blind or deaf? And yeah, she's deaf. Murderer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I need to finish that. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favourite horror movies. The only reason for that is it's not quite scary enough to, <laughs> to mean I can't get to sleep the next night. Um, okay, uh, most people in this room are, are, all, are younger than me. I guarantee I'm worse with horror movies than all of you combined. <laughs> no, of course, Izzy is, is not. Um, does anyone want to come in on this? Anyone the same? Yeah. Um, I kind of do that, especially kind of, I watch anime from time to time, and like this, and when I try to go for a series, I kind of like, I'm like, okay, I'll watch that, and I'll put it on my bucket list, and then I just like, you know what, I can't be bothered, and then I just watch yeah. the same series over yeah. and over again. That's what I do as well. L- lazy TV viewing, we all do this. Uh, did I see a few glances about anime there? Was Were people not looking favourably? Have we got any anime hit? Oh, right, I've James. Oh. Seen one. So, I'm sorry, but yeah, anime is not down my street, it's not my uh, property, but... Like I used to make out my, one of my friends who watches it. Like I honestly, I can't lie. I mean, his explanation is, "Did you used to watch SpongeBob?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, it's just <laughs> Japanese cartoon." I went, "Yeah, but I don't watch SpongeBob anymore, do I?" So like that, you know, my argument is like it's a bit childish, really. But I guess some of yeah. it's not. I, I'm with James on this completely. I still watch SpongeBob. <laughs> 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 no one can come at me on that. I defend it. Completely different. Yeah. Anime is pretending that it's not childish or cartoon like. SpongeBob just owns it and runs with it. It's like yeah. saying, Are you, oh, you watch Peppa Pig? Come and watch like oh, Tokyo please. Ghoul and watch people eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll stay, stay clear of Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, okay, <laughs> what I think we're going to do is we're going to play a record. We're going to play Owl City and Fireflies. Um, and then we're going to come back and do a couple more. Is it just me's? I have one. Does anyone have one in there? Yes. All right, we've got one over there. We've got one over there. We've got a few on the way. But first, but first, ladies and gents, this is music from Owl City, Fireflies on East Leeds FM.
I love this this godforsaken place. I love it. Owl City and Fireflies plays as James contracts COVID. <laughs> okay, we're in the middle of a round of uh, Is It Just Me? Uh, and we're basically going round the table. It's like the first ever edition of the uh, Red Kite Round Table, where basically... Uh, we quite like it when we're all just, you know, I think we all, we do we get, get some agreement? Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we quite like it when we're all sort of around a table having a chat. So we're doing, uh, is it just me? Um, I'm going to kick off with this one. Is it just me who every night will go to a store to buy some snacks for myself? Like in the evening, it doesn't have to be much, but like I'll go at night. I love a late night Sainsbury's. Is it just me? Discuss. Uh, yes. yes. No. Oh, it's not you. I thought it was like a normal thing that people do. Like... I thought everyone genuinely just goes to the shop like before it shuts because I know the shop opposite me shuts at nine. Yeah. So I always go about ten to nine when they're shutting and I like get the last thing just in case in my head I'm like, oh, but literally when I go home now, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It, it, when I get home, I'll probably be home. Yeah. Uh, go local extra. Big up Suman. Um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. Uh, if um, probably get, I'll probably get home what time? Half seven, eight o'clock when I'm home. I'll probably go about half eight, um, and then I'll get my milky bar, maybe a monster, and that'll last me for the rest of the night then. So, yeah. Cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 it is Enough. true, though. I, I, I always go, literally, as it's shutting. Like, the, the shutters <laughs> are closing. Like, like James Bond slide under type thing. No, no, precisely. Um, yeah. Who else has got comment on this? Yeah? I just, I don't know. I mean, if you go, it's, imagine... One, they're just there, and then they're about to close. You know, they're still getting your monster in your milky bar, and then some guy comes over, and is like, "Dude, the store's closed. Come on, get your things and get out." <laughs> I used to work there, so it's not too bad, I guess. Like, oh, people really? used to, yeah. So, do they? Do they? Do they mind? I mean, they do sometimes look a little bit annoyed at me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go into another one. Uh, who has an urgent? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, are we ready for another? Right. Okay. Is it just? Is it just me? All right. Because this one's kind of weird, right? Is it just me, or who sometimes when I have a tangerine, I actually eat the skin as well? Afterwards, I'm just gonna butt in. That's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually very nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butt in right now. I'm gonna butt, I'm gonna butt in right now. That is absolutely, 
absolutely rank. He's, it's actually nice. What have you got to say for yourself? You've said this. I'm on the proud radio. of myself. It's actually nice. You have a little snack. You're hungry. And you're like, damn, I've got this. I've got this tangerine peel. Just on the mum. You've just exposed yourself to be fair. No, because it's even worse. Because some, some, someone that I knew, right? He doesn't even take the peel off and eat the thing. Because he literally eats it like all like. Do you have everything else I said before? Izzy absolutely slates you here because I think she wants to say something too. Izzy, the straight talking banter from Yorkshire. We all tune in for. Take it away. I, I'm just absolutely disgusted. That is that is an abomination. That we're, shouldn't happen. We're more angry about this than we are about climate change. <laughs> Almost. I mean, I it's... Yeah, Johan has a contribution. He looks very angry. Uh, I'd batten down the hatches, everyone. Take it away, Johan. The police have found your location. And they're on the way. I'm a child. I'm very sensitive. Yeah, yeah, you are a child. Uh, do you, Jeraria? Do you have any comment on 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 this idea? Um, not really. No. I don't. Thank you, Jeraria. Actually, make me. Uh, I don't even like tangerines. We'll do, so, yeah. we'll do one more. Uh, who is desperate to do the final? Is it just us? Uh, is it just me? Anyone got one? Well, I mean, I can take it if you want. Uh, Izzy's got one. Yeah, okay, Izzy. Fine, uh, um, the, have you not done one yet? No, I haven't done one. Is has been annoyed anyway. all day today? It's a problem. Anyway. Go on, is it? Anyway, is it just me that, like, on Halloween, still expect my nana, even though I'm 19, to give me trick or treat sweets, and on Christmas, I still expect an advent calendar from my mum? Do you know? Do you know what my nan does for me? She used to, because I had loads of allergies. She used to give me like a little box of raisins and crystallized <laughs> ginger and stuff. It was oh, quite bless. cute. <laughs> Um, so like every year, because sometimes my my grandma she would uh, we would go there and help make these little she used to buy a bunch of sweets and we'd go and help make sandwich bags and put sweets in them and then give and then she'd give them to people. Aww. So like, she wouldn't just give them, like a little like one of sweets. She actually give them, like a bag of sweets for the people who came. Aww. She is but, the legend. But at the end, like well, well, first out of everything, me and my sister would make our bags. And uh, we got to like, well, obviously she she told us to put a lot in. So we literally fill a sandwich bag full of like sweets, which was great. And uh, yeah, so, um, on on uh, every Christmas, I think she still does get me our big calendar. So yeah, just put tangerine peels in it. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Okay, that is our first ever edition of the Roundtable. James, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I've enjoyed being on the show. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Izzy, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Um, I love being on this. I love talking. Geraria, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, it's good to be back on Red Cat after a very long time. Thank you, Abrielle. Um, Abrielle! Abrielle! <laughs> Have I got it wrong again? Yes. Come on. It's Abriel. Abriel. Yeah. You told me Abriel, but okay. I, just, I think it's uh, intentional at this point. And Johan, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Just don't invite Abriel. This has been <laughs> Red Kite. Red Kite for you uh, with the round table. I'm Toby.
I'm Toby. Uh, we're back. We've calmed down a little bit. We've had a cup of coffee and decaf, of course. Uh, and we're here on Red Kite. Uh, now, obviously, as we've been saying throughout this show, uh, brilliantly, some of our uh, next-gen broadcasters went to COP26 in Glasgow. They stayed over in Edinburgh. It was a really exciting time. Um, and, Jeraria, you are going to open up. We're going we're to talk to these people because me and Jeraria obviously didn't have the pleasure of going. Uh, would you like to have an opening question? Yes, yeah, so what did you find most interesting about going down there? So I'll, I'll start with this. Um, this is question. James. Yeah. Hello, yeah, sorry, I'm James. I'm back again, <laughs> third time in a row now. Uh, but yeah, I uh, the thing I found most interesting was that I went there and I, I learned quite a lot just from the sheer number of people that were there. You know, you learn about how many people get affected by it, which was one question I asked everyone was, you know, as I said earlier, has climate change affected you personally? And I found it really interesting that everyone said yes in a way, like, you know, it's affected them or family. And then going back to the tu- Tuvulu guy, the guy from Tuvulu, uh, I think that's what it's called, the, the place. That that was really interesting because I didn't know it was even a thing. I didn't know it was an island. And I, I learned a lot just from you, him saying a very small amount of words. You had people from the global south, so poorer countries. Yeah. And you, you heard about sort of how the impact of it, it's much more real for them, isn't it? Yeah, they, it was it was quite touching. Like I said, he started crying and it was, you know, quite emotional. Um, did, uh, Johan, you've got thoughts on that, have you? Um, yeah, it's just been really interesting to see the, hear the answers that people have been giving, uh, like, uh, they've, like what climate justice means to certain people. Like, um, they've just been giving great answers, great responses. Uh, just overall an interesting journey in how climate change has affected a lot of people. Lovely. Well, we all know me. We, we know I like to take the mickey a lot more than my more serious co-hosts. So what I'm going to ask here is, what was the most perilous moment? What was the most risky moment of the trip? Where do you think it's all gone wrong? What are we going to do? I'm lost in Glasgow or I've lost all our equipment or I don't know, I've accidentally set something on fire. I will start with that one. So as soon as we get off the train, I think I was, was it in Edinburgh? Yeah, so it was Friday night in Edinburgh. The first thing that happened, it wasn't all of us, it was a specific person. I, I don't know if I should, I'm going to do it anyway, name and shame. Katie decided Katie, to get off the train. Done? I don't know if she can hear me right now, but it wasn't anything big deal. All of a sudden we hear Katie go, Ah! Where's my suitcase? She runs for the train. Uh, genuinely, she ran into one of the carts. She's just gone. And then she comes, like, further down. She runs back out, runs back in, like, zigzags in and out of the train and then walks off with a suitcase. So, yeah. But that wasn't the only thing that happened, was it? We're in, we've just... Uh, I think it was Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Sunday. We uh, we arrived in Glasgow from Edinburgh again. And um, it's been, like, a couple hours now. We, you know, we're about to go into this... Um, uh, the Forest Women's um, talk. And uh, we go, oh, I just need the IXMs. And then Tony and Peter, what's it called? Not Peter. Henry says, oh, Tony, you've got the IXMs. And he goes, no, you have the IXMs. And then Tony's like, Did I left you lose them on the, the train. So Tony left the IXMs on the train. Well, what someone did, I don't know if it's Tony, but. These are the little mics, really important. They're quite expensive, actually, the yeah. Was... Left them on the mic, uh, on the train. And uh, luckily, very luckily, they were in the lost property and we were able to get them back, which was very shocking. Um, does anyone else have any? Yeah, you've well, got it a... was a close. Well, it was a close call, right? So we had, I think, was it, I don't know if it was on the Sunday or the Saturday, I can't remember. But um, I think it was a Sunday. And it was like a close call because, right, so. Mimi had 
um, her phone in her pocket. It's always me, me, isn't it? She had a a phone in her pocket that she, like, never uses. So we were in the elevator going down while the train was, like, about to go off. And she was, like, she was going like this. And we were, like, what's going on? And she's, like, I think I've left my phone on the train. And she looked at Katie and said, I've left my phone on the train. And then we all kind of went, like, oh, my God, no. And then she's, like, oh, no, never mind. It's here. It's all fine. I've I've done that so many times. We all love Mimi. Geraria, uh, do you have some more questions we want to ask our, our fabulous next-gen broadcasters? So, um, what would you, like, take from, like, the whole experience? Uh, so, sorry, sorry. Um, so, um, I, I took away from the experience that, like, um, like, I learned a lot, lot of new things. Like, I met a lot of new people from different countries, like... Um, like there was one guy from Fiji and then the guy from Tuvalu or whatever, um, and I learned a lot of new things and how um, different parts of the world and different countries or whatever are being affected by climate change, and I learned a lot and it was really devastating. But did I learned. It, did, it was anyone genuinely moved, if not to tears, to genuinely feeling quite upset? Like yeah. who 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 felt that? You felt that as well, yeah. yeah. Especially when that guy was speaking from Tuvalu, it was like the way he said, like, and uh, I've not got good English. And then the woman said, like, do you, do you think, um, are they going to do anything? And he went, they don't care. And then he started crying. And it was like, that's all he said. But it was like, you know, them three words are quite moving. You know, that's quite a big thing that he said that only in three words. And I think Henry got emotional over it. I think, I, I think everyone I think in the room did, to be fair. You, you know? I mean, you do. It, it really is horrendous when you hear about it. But um, what I'm going to ask you to tell me about now is I've heard some of you gangsters managed to start a chat <laughs> yes oh, no. right so it's me and johan right yeah. so what happened what well, we just had this whole kind of chant that went on and we we will play it for you Hang in on. a bit i can play it now if you oh want. If you're, yeah oh. play it now then play, now. play it play it the uh, abriel and, and johan chant yeah. Hey ho, climate change has got to go. Can we in the studio get a little very <laughs> quietly of course, can we get a little a little rendition going? Right, three, two, three, four. one. Hey ho, climate change has got to go. Hey ho, climate change has got to go. There we go, we've 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 shown the global fossil fuel industry yeah. and all their lobbyists. Uh, we fixed it, we fixed the thing. Uh, okay. <clears throat> So I wanted to, uh, I think we'll go, one more question, we'll go to <coughs> Geraria. Have you, have you got something else you wanted to ask? Um, I forgot what we literally wrote down. Uh, well, oh um, there's a number of things we can, I mean, <coughs> is there anything off the top of your head you want to ask? or Anything in, at all about uh, what we did? Is there any more f- final questions you would yeah. like um, to know? I think Izzy's, Izzy's got a oh, question. Cool. So, <coughs> you all, um, who was, would you say is the most influential person you've met? Doesn't have to be a politician or anybody famous. Just Could just be a random person in the street. Who impacted you the most? I won't say my answer because I seem to be repeating myself a lot. But it was the same guy. Like I've talked about him so much because it was. <laughs> <literally, laughs> going to stop it about this guy. It was like the main highlight that I took so much from that that it was. It definitely was like it influenced me a lot. I'm going to ask one more question, which is, um, I think, quite crucially, anyone's open. We can have a few answers to this. Yeah. How hopeful are you? Are we actually solving the climate crisis? Is COP a success or a failure? What are your thoughts? Stephen, go. Well, like, 
as we were at the Glasgow protests, it was such a large scale of people and there were so many people with these large puppets. One of them had a couple of phoenixes, some of them had a skeleton of a whale and so on and so forth. And I'm actually kind of hopeful that people are really like people, creative people from all around the world are just putting all their efforts into this and I really hope that the government realises that this is a big issue. Uh, and, and global governments, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait, Joy, do you want to say something? Let's say East Uh Alright, yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, based on the protests, I think there's a lot of people who definitely want to do something about climate change, but I think the real question is whether the governments are willing yeah. to enact on it. You, and think, you think we're there, it's whether or not our leaders are there. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that, honestly, I think that from what I've seen from actually not, well, obviously not being there, but from the news, it doesn't seem like that they're doing enough and it feels like they're only going to start acting when it actually starts affecting them, Yeah. which is when it'll be too late. Um, okay, Geraria, uh, did you have a closing comment? Uh, yeah, so basically, I mean, I, I'm i in the middle of like, it may be a success or it may not be because like... There's the, we can do something. However, no matter what we do, there's always got to be like a barrier in the way of doing it. Like with the plastics, like with the paper straws, like people who are like people with disabilities are coming out on social media and saying that they're able to, um, because pe- some people need the plastic ones, like because they, they can't like pick up like things. They need to like bend them and stuff. So that's why I'm like kind of in the middle of it. Okay, now. Great discussion, guys. Does anyone want to tell me about Will Saunders? Um, so, yeah, this is where nope. I jump in for the final bit of this. So, um, I think it was the uh, the end of the march in the, uh, what was it, the rally? Yeah. Uh, me and Abril and Henry went uh, over to Nelson's column where uh, we met Will Saunders and he was, he was with Scientists One Europe and we just... Um, we asked him a few questions about what he does, why he thinks it's important. I've, I've asked him if it affects him personally. Uh, and we asked about, uh, I think I asked him, um, I won't ruin it, but I, he said the amount, I don't know if it's already been said today, he said the amount of people that he thinks are there. And I and I was shocked by the number of the people he said that are over in the crowd next to us. So yeah, if you want to hear that now, uh, yeah, it's very this interesting. Is, this is the interview. Our, our, our next-gen broadcasters are actually out doing some broadcasting. This is Will Saunders. So hi, I'm James from East Leeds FM, and today I'm here with Will Saunders. So Will, can you just tell me a little bit about why you're here and what you do? So I'm here on behalf of uh, Scientists Warning Europe. Uh, we're a charity who are calling for climate action now. Um, in my own uh, life, I suppose, uh, my background is uh, in design, graphic design and branding. And I've realized that I shouldn't be using those skills just to help, you know, businesses sell more shoes or, you know, push um, the consumerist life. So I made a lot of changes and um, in my own business. And that's brought me to be here at, uh, you know, Glasgow and uh, attending COP26 today. So you've been here for a while now. Um, and is there something that's pushed you and inspired you to keep going because it, if you've been here for a while it must be quite draining but you you probably obviously keep pushing to go what is that one thing that's inspiring you? is it a message is it a certain song that you've heard that's keeping you going that's a fantastic question because 
It is quite stressful, you know. I've been at COP uh, every day for the past few days, uh, very long days, getting there, like, you know, in the morning, staying there until probably eight, at, eight in the evening, trying to speak to as many people as possible, push the campaign. Um, I suppose um, the thing that keeps me going is just the fact that there's so much work left to be done, and that can be quite in a way overwhelming but knowing that each of us however small our part may be is doing something and the fact that um you know it, it isn't just uh, an e ecological issue it is at its heart a justice issue you know the fact that those who contribute the least to this uh this climate emergency they'll be the ones who are suffering the most right now and will suffer the most in the future and me being a you know a white relatively well-off guy in England you know um, I, I need to do my part it's almost uh, a duty more than anything else it feels so behind you there's a lot a lot of people so um why do you think it's important that all these people have come together as one and what why, why is that important mm, yes so there's about twenty-five thousand people outside here right now in this field um i've heard i think it's important to try and drive change from the outside such as here with extinction rebellion various other groups lots of lots of trade unionists and uh no end of other individual groups on the outside as well as within in COP26 um, and I think showing the unity from outside shows that we're not going to settle for what maybe um, those individuals within COP26 think is enough because it will never be enough, it will never be uh, fast enough so showing the unity from outside, you know, these are the people we need to um, show that we're unified in solidarity and we're not going to, you know, accept um, small bits of action and far off um, dates. So this is my final question. I'm not too sure if these two have any more, but um, I'm, my final question that I've asked loads of people today is because how's climate change affected you personally or like a family member you know or someone or a friend you know? That's a really interesting question. Um, I suppose um, I'm, I, I live quite near a river and, and my partner here, here uh, standing next to me, you can't see, but um, she, she, she used to live in York and the uh, whole area used to be flooded very, very regularly. Um, fortunately, um, not impacted in terms of, you know, the house being flooded, but we are seeing, you know, the, the effects of climate change here in the uh, wealthy parts of the world um, and we, we see it every day on the news in the global south and places that we think are far away you know it, it, it's, it's not going to happen to us in that um, scale but it will do and it'll happen sooner than we think so in terms of me personally not been impacted by climate change in a huge way but knowing about it and seeing it every day it does affect me as an individual and again that's kind of part of the reason why I think we all need to take individual actions whether that's coming on marches like this um, 
transitioning to a plant-based vegan diet, uh, reducing flying, and um, joining a charity or, or a campaign such as the Scientists Warning Europe campaign, which we have today, which is calling uh, all scientists in the world to sign our new paper. You can find that at planetincrisis.com because we're trying to get uh, at least one scientist from every part of the world to sign this new paper to drive real action from a unified voice. So that's just one uh, part of the action. Well, that's really good. Thank you. And Henry, did you have... Uh, Abril, would you like to ask anything? Yeah. Um, so what's been your like favourite part of the like COP26 like March today, if you have a favourite part? Favourite part? Um, <laughs> probably the music. <laughs> in a weird way because um, like I said I've been inside COP26 um, and it's very official there are a lot of like, people in suits a lot of uh, quite business like things going on um, and I'm not saying that's all negative but it felt quite subdued in some way so being out here on the streets with people there's music, you know, there's drums, there's people chanting and, you know, singing and dancing around. And that really gives me hope. Um, do you think politicians are doing enough to um, stop the climate crisis? And if not, what do you think they should do more? Uh, no, is a short answer. They're not doing enough. Um, in a way, I sometimes... I don't sympathise with them, but I understand that they are locked within a system. You know, they're, 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 they're each feel that they need to you know grow each of their countries you know economic growth every year and I think they need to realize that we cannot continue growing we cannot continue this uh, exponential you know mass consumerism we need to shift towards um, a system that values more than just GDP and more than money um, and my final question um, what does climate justice mean to you climate justice means to me um, that it's not the tiny percentage of the wealthy uh, causing all of the climate problems. It means that those who are contributing least to this issue are not feeling the effects the most. Thank you. Uh, well, just very quickly, little mini question. Is there a song you'd like us to play on East Leeds FM when we know <laughs> to get back into our warm, comfy, cosy studio? Oh, that's a fantastic question. What song would make me uh, feel warm and happy right now? Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm on the spot. Um, I'm probably <laughs> going to go with a Bruce Springsteen song, so you young youngsters might not be too familiar with it. Um, I'm going to say... Bruce Springsteen uh, going down and we can hope that uh, the emissions go down <laughs> in line with the lyrics. So I hope that's a good answer for you. Thank you so much for your time, Will. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Really good.
Uh, that was uh, I'm Going Down by Bruce Springsteen. It's sacrilege to fade out the boss, but we are running out of time. Um, but yeah, let's hope those carbon emissions going down. It's Henry again, joining the studio by Abril and uh, James. And my hands on my hips and <laughs> Abril sort of buried me. Um, so we've just found out that we've been on Look North. Abril, you yeah. just have a watch of your clip. Tell us about this little appearance this evening. Well, my face kind of fell off. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was like... Uh, um, so they had us, they had James having the, the thing, the faders, the faders yeah. go up and then you had, I you were doing the, we just came back from Glasgow from COP26 and then you, we had like, um, we had Stephen's interview and they were playing our videos that we had on top of like Stephen's interview and then they had a bit of my like interview on it as well. Um, so yeah, and then that's when all of a sudden this iceberg just starts <laughs> melting down. And it's like, oh no, my face. <laughs> so we've been on all the media tonight. It's very impressive. So um, very quickly, so we are running out. But before we even went to COP, going to go back a little bit the week before, we uh, had an interview with a chap called Daniel Bailey, who's a theatre director and associate of the Bush Theatre. And this was a complicité show by an artist called Fenty called Can I Live? I don't know if James and I can set your minds back pre-COP, but can you describe... A section of the show we watched where Fenty was this performer. So we um, we actually watched part of it, didn't we? We skipped a little bit because we didn't have much time because we had to plan for Glasgow. But it feels like a long time ago yeah. now we watched it. But the one bit I remember was like how how well it was put together, actually. Like the way he had this world in his hand. And he said it wasn't even CGI. It was actually like it was the, the way they used the lights and projection mm-hmm. to make it like it was like a 3D thing in his hand. And uh, it... I I like it's I thought at the start before I was gonna watch it I thought you know it's probably not gonna be like something I'd I'd, I'd like but mm. it was really interesting like it wasn't just all about climate well it was obviously about climate change but like the way that he delivered it across that like, there was a bit like I think we missed like you said at the beginning where his mum calls him mm. but then she calls him again and uh, and it's like he he kind of steps out of character mm. to you know to call his mum and I think that's you know he adds like a bit of a comedy to it but it also like it's not just there for no reason. It kind of cuts back. This then goes into a story about about when he lived in was it Nigeria? I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, how he like went back there and he talks about how it's affected him there and yeah. And we talked to Daniel, I think it was, and um, yeah. yeah, and I said I, I said right at the end, I remember saying, you know, thank you. I, I really enjoyed that actually. I mean, when you know, I said we're going to watch this performance about climate change. I think it was Josh in our group said, oh, you thought it'd be quite dull but there were so many sort of fun elements yeah, to it exactly. what, what was sort of sparked out for you that i think you know everyone should watch because mm. it was so effective i like i like it how in in the one scene it had him as he was talking about the one on the call but they kind of showed the backstage of their like whole mm-hmm. full-on so they had they showed the cameras they showed all it's the like mics he breaks the, is it the fourth wall is that the saying he yeah. breaks the fourth yeah. wall he comes out of character and starts talking like, exactly to, to, to his nan or whatever yeah. and, then, and then all of a sudden you just hear him when he ends up the call and he says goes into song yeah, yeah. and it was all like whoa what's going on but like in a good way he uses these good. amazing yeah hip hop performance po- poetry pieces really pieces um, yeah and I think you know he, he keeps being interrupted by his Nigerian family yeah, but that's yeah. really important to him to talk about how Nigeria is being exploited by you know the global west and 
has not only been exploited through colonialism, but exploited now through the climate crisis and is on the front line. I lines. think it would really be good to get them people actually here. Hopefully yeah. one day in the chapel upstairs. <laughs> well, if you, if you want to catch the show um, uh, called uh, Can I Live? It is um, sort of digitally touring, so you can watch it from the safety of your own homes. But we're going to listen to our chat with Daniel in a second, and then we're going to have our final sum-up of the show, cutting it right fine at 7 o'clock. But what a packed show we've had. So, uh, Johan on the desk, can you please play us out to uh, Daniel's interview? There's, uh, it feels like there's a, there's a sense of urgency that's kind of rippling through the city. And it, um, it feels like the right place to be, actually, in Glasgow in itself. It's such a beautiful city. Um, Scotland is such a beautiful country as well. So it just feels like there's, there, there's, a, there's something happening and bubbling underneath the scene. But that kind of um, mixed with this this very corporate feel because as you can imagine there's so many there's so many groups there different climate groups people from all across the world you've got indigenous people there and their groups you've got people from like east africa who are fighting currently um and then you've got people that are all from from the uk that are up there so there's so many different cultures that are up there that are just it just feels like if this is this is if this is the word that we really want to build, this is uh, this is almost an example of it, right? You've got everybody in one space, and it, there's this idea of, of pluralism that really makes sense that everyone can coexist, and, um, all different cultures all, all fighting for the same thing, and that feels right. And then you've got that very corporate feel of like, all these billboards and all of these different companies that are also causing a lot of the, the, the climate crisis and contributing to it quite heavily that are on the other side trying to sell you products that are green and mm. um and are you know energy efficient so it's, it's weird but at the right place at the right time it, it, it feels like um there's a sense of change and i, I guess that for us is the, the most important thing um, so I was wondering about the origin of the show. Can you tell us like where yeah. the initial inspiration came from? Well, Fainty, Fainty um, was had come out of drama school, right? He's, he's an actor and you see it in the show. He talks about it. He come out of drama school. He got this show with Kirsty Housley, who was our, our dramaturg, who helped us kind of develop the script. And he was in a climate change project. And that was when he kind of first was introduced to it. And he just got climate anxiety. He was like, oh gosh, all of this is happening. He just felt overwhelmed with how much information he was downloading and um, and just kind of seeing it in the world. And you know, like you go to school, right? And you get all this information and you go, all right, cool. How does that, like, how does that make sense to me right now? How does Pyrographer's theorem make sense to me now? Like how does, you know, uh, trigonometry make sense to me now? And then you go outside and suddenly he was able to see exactly what he was studying and what he was looking at for his character and for, for the role. And that kind of pushed him to, to join XR. He joined XR and um, he, saw, he saw this brilliant, 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 brilliant lecture. And it was a speech and he was like, wow, this is incredible, but how come it doesn't, it hasn't got enough flavor in it. It needs a bit of spice. So he decided to re kind of remix the speech, but instead of, just kind of respouting the same facts. He was like, what does it look like from a perspective of someone of color, right? So, I don't know, a black person. He's Nigerian born and he was like, what, is, what does this mean to me and my culture and my family? And he looked around and he said, all right, um, we, you know, we're sending money out. So obviously these are going through the same kind of climate catastrophe that we're going through and everywhere else is going through. And so he just sent a black and brown people and indigenous people at the center of this conversation of like, why doesn't anyone look like me? 
and he asked this question and I went to one of his lectures. I was one of the people that went to his lectures and I was like, yo, this is a perform this is a performance. As much as it's a lecture, he, you know, he had music in it and he had he had um it, you know these brilliant images and Fainty's mind is just so incredible. It's, it's always thinking artistically. So I was like, you have to turn this into a piece, man. And he did. He went to Simon McBurney at Complicity and was like, how do I turn this lecture into a production? And it kind of, um, yeah, it kind of was born out of that, that, that synergy between myself, Simon, Fainty, Khalil, and a number of other um, artists that he, um, that he met on the way, the journey. Most climate change like talks, it's mainly just talking and it's nothing really more yeah. action. So I would just like to know what inspired you to do something more different than usual. Well, look, we're flavoursome. We're flavoursome people. Like we like to mix things up, man. We love music. We we are all directors, actors, and and, and artists in ourselves. So we was like, how how best to make it accessible to the people that we want to talk to. We want to talk to young people. We want to talk to older people. We want to talk to people from the communities that we all come from, right? Working class backgrounds and so on and so forth. So he was like, what's the best way to do it? We know music always opens that channel, right? As you know, you're, you know, you're in a studio. Music opens that channel. So we was so we was adamant that we wanted to make something that had music in it and was able, people was able to digest the information in a way that is also scientific, but is also really jazzy and hip hop and like it just felt like this was the best kind of mesh and the, the, the best kind of collaboration of music and science and, and art and science and it, and it worked I guess. Hi uh, so um, my question is uh, what do you hope for like the future of uh, this and like what do you hope it will achieve? We hope that it achieves a, a massive shift in the world and how we think um, when we talk about climate change and who's affected I mean, that is like the big grandiose, big idea, the big, you know, super objective. But my hope is that just, you know, people feel affected by it. Like just even if it's, you know, it occupies your head for a moment, you ask necessary, you know, you ask the questions for a moment. For me, that would be like my absolute love and hope to this piece to kind of have that effect. We're at COP26. Um, I'm back at home, but the rest of the gang are back up in um, COP26. And we've got another screening tonight. We had a screening yesterday and the day after of, of um, Can I Live? And we hope that there's somebody there, you know, one of the delegates or someone that, that has some power that gets to see it and goes, all right, you know what? This is, this is, how, we see the, this is how we see the future. There's some, it's called Can I Live, right? But we met somebody and they was like, can I thrive? Someone asked that question straight after. They were like, but can I thrive? And he was like, it's a very good question. Because that's all everyone wants to do, right? Everyone just wants to thrive. That's, so that's my hope. Is that, yeah. yeah. Daniel, thank you so much. So we'll probably um, add this to all our various interviews that we're going to do this <laughs> weekend. We're all sort of looking forward to going up. I guess the very last little mini question is, if we do, is there a song you would like us to play for you if there's a song from the piece that i'd love you to play if there's a possibility is that a possibility yeah if you, send it to us yeah
contemplation and irritation the reasons they are adjacent the reasons for speculation it's true that things are changing what's more it's moving crazy i get it i feel my nation get it i feel my nation problems are dominating think about climate change when a remedy means overpaying division it comes with hatred and fear so suffocating i get it i feel my nation get it i feel my nation i get it i feel my nation they feeling can i live if you're Irrelevant. Let me remind you, you're heaven sent. Duplicit as world, feeling malevolent. So strive with the elegance, come looking definite. Know that your place in this world's important, intelligent. Yes, you're intelligent. Don't be tricked to believe you're irrelevant. Boy, it's relevant. So be diligent. Show love to my immigrants. In crisis, you're killing it. Pandemics, they can. Okay, that was Fenty, part of the show, Can I Live? An amazing production that I absolutely, please, please, desperately want everyone to check out. So, um, this is our big sort of finale now. Uh, we're going to say goodbye. I'm really, really sorry. Um, but yeah, tonight is the final end of this amazing, wonderful show. It's been absolutely jam-packed with so many amazing, amazing conversations. Um, James, how do you think this, this show's gone? Well, it's my I think this is my first ride. I'm not sure I've actually done. I, I'm 100% sure. But, um, but I've really enjoyed it. You know, It's been good. Come straight here after my lessons and then... Uh, yeah, I think we have some food soon as well. Aren't we? But I've got to say, the show was good. It was, uh, it wasn't, you know, like I, I think people might have thought it was just about COP twenty six, but I think it was good how we had that middle bit where we had the round table thing, and uh, yeah. that was good. You know, it was like a bit of a, it breaks it up, you know, which I think we should do more often of something like that. You know, a little like, a break from the mm. topic we're talking about. We go into like a conversation type thing, which is good. Nice one. And yeah, we had uh, we've got Callum in the studio again. So Callum was part of that discussion about beginnings. Callum, you've been here for a few months now, coming in and out. But what is it that keeps bringing you back to want to do um, stuff here and be on the radio? That I still want to be better than my mum's brother, <laughs> but instead of tech vinyl, I want to do normal vinyl. Okay, so you want to learn more about sort of that production and DJing and playing music. Well, yeah, yeah. we played some absolute bangers earlier. So mm-hmm. a huge thank you to everyone who's come down. Shannon, Eliana, uh, Abril, James, Callum, Johan, Stephen. I'd Johann, also Stephen. like to shout out. <laughs> Callum, let me finish my thank Sorry. yous to everyone. Um, you're so keen and eager. Um, who else was Who else was there? Juaria, Toby, um, anyone else I've missed? Julio. Izzy. Izzy. <laughs> Saren, Ellie, Ellie, what a gang, what an amazing gang. Probably some more. There's yeah, probably more. Um, them, yeah. Harry, Phil, Bob, uh, Tim, yeah. Toby. Uh, anyway, Jeff, Callum, who do you want to give a shout out to? My dad's friend. <laughs> Callum, if you'd have just said my dad's friend, we'd have gone cool. Yeah. <laughs> Callum's dad's Charles friend. Callum's dad's friend. Should we invent his name? Louise. Louise. Excellent. Very My good. My dad's well friend remembered. Louise. Brilliant. Okay. So thank you so much for joining us. Red Kite will return in two more weeks. If you want to get in touch, you can email info at chapelfm.co.uk to get involved with the next gen program. We're going to finish off as we started with the big ELFM jingle. So thank you so much. Uh, have a lovely weekend. Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more.